Hey guys, thanks for checking out the All Time Podcast, Season 1, Episode 1. Um, we're going to kick it off with some intros. Uh, we're going to tell you guys what we're doing, why we're doing it. Um, I think... I think I think we're doing this because we are music lovers. Music lovers. Music lovers. Uh-huh. Uh, hip-hop lovers. Um, people that want to talk about the genre... Uh, want to talk about certain albums. It's just discussion, really. Yeah, just yeah. having fun, having a conversation. Um, our opinion, obviously. Opinion, yeah. And only our opinion. We're not stating what's right and what's wrong. Exactly. It's our opinion. Uh, it, we could be wrong at the end. We could be right. It's just... You could not agree. Exactly. You could definitely not agree. Mm-hmm. But it's just a uh, topic of discussion and uh, having conversation. Yeah, so... Um, First and foremost, I'm Steven. Hi. Uh, first and foremost, I am Steven, number two. So we're going to make that really easy for you off the bat. Yeah, I uh, would say Steven and Steven, SNS. Um, so what I'm, what, what basically uh, hip hop, well, season one first, we're going to talk about the reason we call this all time is we're going to decide what the top 100 hip-hop albums are. We're going to create a guide for people wanting to get into hip-hop, for people that uh, know hip-hop but don't know where to go next, catch up on what they missed out. Uh, important albums yeah. in hip-hop that I would say did it for us. Did that it for m- us? That made us love the genre, that made us love certain artists, certain right. albums. Uh, we put this list together. Right, so here's what happens. Over the holiday season, I'm watching The Godfather. I wonder where does this rank amongst the best movies of all time. I pull up a list by Time Magazine that was put together by two Richards. So, two Stevens doing Cliché. this. Cliché. Um, what we're doing here, what, what this list did, it was take the 100 best movies of all time and rank, th- and not rank them rather, but um, list them by entry alphabetically so not one film is ranked against the other no one's telling you what's better no one's telling you um, no one's telling you what's better we're going to do the same thing with these 100 hip hop albums we're going to pick 100 and here's how we did it we each made lists of uh, our favorite our favorite not your favorite, not their favorite, but our favorite 100 hip-hop albums. Right. So we've got about 115 albums each. Between 110 and 120 albums each. We put the two lists up against the other. And we came with, we came up with 70 titles that matched. Believe it or not, 70 titles that were exactly the same. Right. So we pulled those 70 on the dot, automatically make the list. Because yep. we both agree that these are... The best hip hop albums uh, are amongst the best hip hop albums of all time. The last thirty, we split fifteen each. You go through the rest of your list, pick your favorite fifteen. I go through the rest of my list. I pick my favorite fifteen, put them on paper. A little bit of tweaking, a little bit of a lot. Maybe of, we should go back and hear this before we finalize. I would maybe say should, a lot of that, to be honest. There was with a you. lot of tweaking, and and we, uh, in doing that, what was what my favorite part of doing that was. There are albums on this list 
that ended up making this list that weren't on mine or yours when it, we first started. Exactly. A lot of revisiting albums, a lot of seeing if these albums actually stood the test of time after so long of not listening to them. Uh, did these albums age well? Did they age well? That was probably the most important things. Uh, did we go listen to every 100 albums? We didn't. So what we're doing is before we record every episode. Well, I, I mean, we're each finding our way of doing it. Right. My way of doing it is that before we record every episode, I'm going to revisit. Um, I'm going to revisit the 10 albums I'm about to talk about. I'll pull up something new. I might pull up something from when I first heard it. And uh, I'll bring that to the table when we talk. Uh, for me, uh, the difference between me is that I only listen to hip-hop right now where I am in my life. So I only listen to hip-hop. So I listen to a lot of these albums on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. So I've gone back to a lot of these albums already. So I know which ones are in my top. But I've revisited a lot of albums I haven't heard in a long time. And that really changed if I thought that these albums should make the list or not. So because I listen to a lot of different things... Um, sometimes it's just not in the mood. Uh, hip hop, if you if you look at it, is very moody. It is. Uh, it's a genre also that has grown a lot. Evolved, uh, constant, evolved. constant, constant evolution. E every decade uh, is evolution. To be really honest with you, and not only evolution within the decade, but evolution. It's not very present in rock music or in other types of music that where you're from represents your sound exactly so not only are you ev you're evolving every decade but ev like atlanta is evolving every decade new york is evolving every decade la is evolving and in different ways yeah exactly so there's always always change yeah always change and something important i'm gonna throw out there regarding hip-hop is back then if you were from atlanta you sounded like atlanta if well, you that's all they knew yeah exactly whereas now you have no idea where this person is from because you have the resources. You've been influenced. Yeah, you've been influenced and you have the resources to sound like different places. So this is where the evolution of hip hop uh, plays a big part. Right. So um, the episode breakdown is pretty simple. We pick 10 albums per episode. There's going to be 10 episodes that will drag you through this list. Um, we're going to kick it off because it's our debut episode. We're going to do debut albums. Yeah, debut albums. Uh, debut albums could be by group, could be by artist. But these are the debut albums that we chose to be part of this uh, top 10. Well, it's, that's, we got to make clear that it's not a top 10. But every, every episode has 10 albums. Has 10. We're not trying to tell you these are the 10 best debut albums. We're trying to tell you that... These are 10 debut albums we're going to speak about in context of the other. Exactly. We're going to go through 10 albums. We're going to talk about maybe how one impacted the other, how one influenced the sound of the other. But we are absolutely not saying that these are the 10 best debut albums ever. But these are the 10 debut albums that we want to talk about. Right. Other categories, other episodes will have other debut albums. Correct. Like we'll give you a sneak peek into episode two. We're going to be talking about group albums. Yeah. So within those group albums, you might get a debut album by a group. But we're talking about groups. We're not talking about debut albums. Yeah. And just to make it clear, every episode has 10 albums 
with different categories. Right. So at the end of the 10, you get the 100, or what we think is the 100 best. There are albums that you will totally disagree with. There mm-hmm. are albums that, because this is a collaborative list, there are albums that I totally disagree with, as you do as well. Exactly. Uh, but we definitely want to put our voice forward and want to let you guys know what we think is the 100 best for us. Right. The other thing that's very important is that uh, we're going to discuss our opinions. We're going to talk different artists, different ty- different uh, producers. It's very important that we make clear, like, we're not hating on anyone here. No. It's our opinion. It's our opinion. Art, all art is great for whoever likes it. I'm not, I'm not, my voice doesn't mean that this is definitely not good. I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you what I think. And the best thing about hip hop to me is freedom of speech. Well, it's a discussion. And discussion. It's a lot of discussion. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We have an Instagram account open at all time pod we have a twitter account open at all time pod i had no idea about but yes twitter you're, you're running it man. So, you're gonna <laughs> run. so um reach out to us if you have thoughts if you have uh comments comments if you think there's a way that we can make this better more interesting share if you think that uh we're uh if you have an opinion on an album we spoke about something we didn't bring up share if you think we're full of shit share that i mean get, like get out there if you like it uh, if you like this, we will definitely continue this. If I not, I think we'll continue with it. We'll do. We'll, we're gonna run season one and take it from there. And take it from there. But yeah. So and another thing to to point forward is like the all the all time podcast where we had in mind kicking it off with debut albums uh, with um, the one hundred best hip hop albums. Season two might be unrelated. I know shit about anything else. Yeah, it's so let's here. hope we continue with hip hop. We're gonna we're gonna try. I'm trying to get best of the decade in for season two. That could be fun, but I will have a best of the decade hip hop albums. Well, we'll work something out. But anyways, thanks for checking it out. We're gonna get right into episode uh, one debut albums. So let's get it started. an album to speak of them in order of release yeah so we'll um get started right away yeah all right so 1989 we get some royalty disputes between jerry heller and mr o'shea jackson ice cube uh who takes off to begin a solo career pretty hard solo release to be honest with you after where he's come from Right, so 1990, he drops America's Most Wanted. That 
I guess was probably a big leap because it all took place. Uh, well, the whole album was, from what I understood, recorded in New York, written, recorded in New York. Yeah, because he's an L.A. artist. Right. He left L.A., if I'm not mistaken, after he came off the Straight Outta Compton tour with N.W.A. Okay. And wanted to focus on a solo career. Mm. Um, he moved to New York, if I'm not mistaken, and wanted to record in New York. Um, he wanted Dr. Dre to produce on this album. Yeah. But after the dispute between Heller, Heller, Easy, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, uh, it didn't work out. Right. But there was really no beef. In 89-90, there was no beef between Dr. Dre and Ice Cube yet. So Ice Cube went to New York to record this. Right. And who did he get as producers? Bomb Squad. Bomb Squad. Where's Bomb Squad from? New York. And they produced but, but, four. Right. So it's, a, it's the Public Enemy guys. Yeah. Um, pretty much known for the, 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 the production throughout Public Enemy albums. Uh, very signature sound. It's a staple to hip hop. Their sound is a staple to hip hop. You know when you're hearing them. Uh, you could hear, you know it's them when you hear the all beat. The time, all the time. And they're very heavily, heavily, heavily in sampling. They're big into sampling. Uh, lots, lots and lots of P-Funk sampling. I mean, that's that was also the time. Sampling Funkadelic, sampling yeah. Parliament. Uh, you, I, I mean, looking over the notes, there was a couple of uh, Sly and the Family, it's Sly and the Family Stone, Cool and the Gang samples. James Brown. You get a lot of that stuff with them. You get a lot of that stuff in general, but they had a particular way of doing it. Their sound is their sound. Yeah. Nobody does what they do. Uh, something really interesting with the production, because the Bomb Squad production, I think in one song, they could go ahead and sample 10. Yeah, their production notes, are like they get like massive. Their liner notes are... Pretty long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of, lots of sampling. Lots of sampling, and the funny thing about what Bomb Squad did for Ice Cube mm. was sample NWA. Right. Which is something, not awkward, but hold on, I'm going to go sample something your you older of, group right? and see what we could bring onto this. Right. And, and I think as a hip-hop Love like somebody that loves hip hop music. I think when I listened to this album the first time, I was just like blown away at the fact that it did not sound anything like NWA, right? And it did not sound anything West Coast. It well, it, it only made sense that if you were leaving uh, NWA to start a solo career and do it differently, that that would be where you'd go at the time mm -hmm. because. Out east, there was a sound that was going that was going on. Clearly, I mean, Public Enemy was big. Uh, you know, right around that time, you had, I mean, their presence was like huge in an Oscar-nominated movie mm -hmm. and do the right thing. Like they, they were up front. So if you wanted that different sound, that was a smart way to go. Yeah. Uh, I also think there is not that many artists that could change. Their sound? No. Back then. Let's be honest with back then. Uh, late 80s, early 90s. Right. 
because you're so stuck with the sound that you've started that it yeah. you really need to change what you're about, I mm-hmm. think. And also the production is a big, it's very important to change the sound of your style and your album. Well, you, you got to be good at it. Otherwise, you're just... Like the public enemy sound is timeless. Yeah. And we've agreed on this. And if you look back at what we were saying during the intro, there were a few albums that we had to go back to and realize like, oh, this is like way better than we remember it being. And part of those were the public enemy albums. I'll tell you something that I really like about this album is the fact that Ice Cube sounds different. Oh, yeah. That's something that I really love about this album. His political views, uh, what he talks about, uh, police brutality, whatever it is that he was also talking about in NWA. Well, there's that big sexist, uh, battle of the sexists at the end that... Exactly. Is actually, I find, is a quite interesting track. Mm-hmm. A topic that was tackled at the time where uh, if you really listen to the track, I think that track got a lot of heat for it mm-hmm. being misogynist. But at the end of the track, uh, you leave this kind of battle between a man and a woman and nobody comes out on top. Exactly. I think was pretty pretty, pretty bold. It was good. It was, it was good. And I think that, because he worked with the Bomb Squad, brought something else out of Ice Cube. A different side. Yeah. Because the NWA stuff was just rough and aggressive and whereas the public enemy side was more... More political and more... More political, more peaceful, more... Yeah. More fun, like if you listen to Bomb Squad production and Public Enemy, yes, they're talking political views and all that stuff. But there's album sounds very fun. It's a f- yeah, it's yeah, a I fun. Can see what you're saying, and yeah. that brought Ice Cube. Like when you listen to this album, very pro- very fun compared to all his other releases. I agree. So, well, that's that's something very interesting regarding Ice Cube and this album. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very it's a it's a smart way to start your solo career. I think you did a great job on that. Yeah. Is it my favorite from Ice Cube? It's not mine. It's not mine either. Right. So I guess we could say this probably... There might be another Ice Cube album on this list. There might be. There might be another one. But um, uh, but uh, it's a well-done album. So yeah, it's a great album. Really great. Um, if we want to keep talking disputes, there's another one that happens shortly after. 92. Yeah. More disputes, same group. Yep. Because of when NWA came out with their second album. Right. Uh, and started dissing Ice Cube. Right. Out of nowhere. And Ice Cube probably didn't understand why they were dissing him. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know much about the... That's one thing about hip-hop I'll go ahead and say is that when it comes to the beefing, I just... Don't Turn care. off. I don't care for it. <laughs> Uh, I love beef and hip hop, so yes, I dug into all these beefs. And an interesting point with Ice Cube versus NWA is that NWA dissed Ice Cube mm. out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably didn't see it coming and didn't understand why. Because when Ice Cube left NWA, um, they just le- he just left. He wanted to do his own thing. He did not agree with Jerry Heller. Right. He did not like the vision. He wanted to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. He still wanted to work with Dr. Dre, which is very key. Yeah. And then 
they just came they out with their second chance. album, right? This them, and then he went back and this them, right? And they be all became friends back again Way in ninety two later. later on ninety two ninety three. But wait, just to say back to Heller because we 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 kind of went back to Q, but the second album on the list is also thanks to Heller. Yeah, if you look at it, that so we get more uh, more disputes. Ruthless Records is, I mean, Dre's off Ruthless Records now. Yeah. Starts his own, Death Row. He drops his uh, debut. Yeah. And it's safe to say that we can go on to the next album. I think I just did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, second album on the list, 1992. Uh, Dr. Dre, The Chronic. Three times platinum in less than a year. Dr. Dre the Chronic. Uh, this was highly anticipated yeah. and was worked on very long. Sure. Um, it was also worked on uh, very well. <laughs> very well. I want to say that this to me is like a gold standard for hip hop albums. Oh, definitely. And again, we're going to talk, like, if you want to compare the length of the album, it is a longer album than America's Most Wanted by a bit. But there's no filler on this album. Not one song on this album can you say is filler. The production is... Incredible. It's, it's perfect. It's so consistent. There's not a track that stands out as not needing to be there, as not part of the bunch. And... One of the things that, again, we you, you see it everywhere when when two rappers are about to collaborate. It's like, especially now lately, like there's a lot of hype around something as simple as a picture of Kendrick and J Cole together, mm -hmm. and people go nuts for this kind of like, are they going to team up? Are they not? It's not because you get Kendrick and Drake together, uh, Kendrick and Cole together, that you're going to get a classic quality. Mm -hmm. There is not a feature on this that's that that's that doesn't belong. Not only that, but I don't think anybody was really like, oh my god, this person's gonna be on the album. This person's gonna be on the oh, album. Oh right, yeah. So back then, yeah, okay. So you don't get that that effect of 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 I think I meant that more in a in a in a general way of talking collaboration. You expect something when you see two artists that are about to collaborate yes. and oftentimes it's fine. It's good. It's, it's, it's not, it's never really timeless. The collaborations here are just perfect. Not only that, they're perfect. They started careers. They started careers. And this is something that I always respected about Dr. Dre as an artist, as a musician This guy is probably one of the least selfish guys in hip hop. Yep. He kicked off the, the production for NWA. Like the NWA took off because of his production. His solo career was a platform for Snoop Dogg later on for Eminem. This like his work always put other people in the in spotlight. 
Big time. Because he won. And you see it even today with Anderson Pack. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He he took Anderson Pack and, and really pushed his career mm-hmm. through Compton. So there's always. I find with Dr. Dre, this guy's like a true, like. He knows who to push. He 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 pushes them well, but it's sincere. It's real. This guy loves what, what he, he does. does. For sure. And you could see it when he came out with this album. It's his solo debut. People know him from NWA. People know him for his production. And let's be honest with each other. As an MC, he doesn't shine. As an MC. He doesn't... He he shines less than he does as a yes. producer, but... You can't say he's still better than a lot of rappers. Yes, he's still better, he's still than, better a than a lot of rappers. And a lot of rappers even on this list, I'd say. But when you come out with a solo album, you're yeah. supposed to push yourself as a solo artist. Where, right. as of this, was more of a teamwork. So are you saying that, okay, I, I, I like what you're saying. Are you saying that Dre's way of making music, and you're, I, you know what, it kind of is that if you look at the discography, Dre makes music... As a collaborator, yes, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't put himself his himself up front. He works on a body of work. Uh-huh. No matter how many people it takes, let's make a good body of work. And for that, I mean, sure, there aren't many, but there's no bad Dre album. There's no bad Dre album. Really not. And he only has three. And he only has three. Sometimes less is more. Yeah. I, I, look, I usually find less is more. I don't like when, I find that a lot of rappers get, and, and a lot of, I find it particularly with the guys that had great debuts that weren't able to follow up as strong. And nobody on this list necessarily, but maybe some rappers that we're going to talk about later, they open the floodgates once they can't get it going anymore. Interesting point is that Dr. Dre came out with this in 1992, right? Yeah. He later on did not put out an album out for many years. He didn't. And focused on other people's careers. Right. As a producer. Right. Yes, he'll rap on the song here and there. Mm -hmm. But he focused more on his production to push other people's careers forward. And we saw it with Snoop Dogg which is a very important artist. Are we jumping into album number three? Uh, We can. We can. I think we said what we had to say about Chronic. I mean, Chronic is just a A, perfect 10. A perfect 10. Probably when you look at different people's lists, it always come up in the top two, top three, Mm -hmm. top four, depending. I would say easily within the top 10. Easily within the top 10. And it would certainly be... I know we said we would... uh, uh, Yeah, I could see why. But artists like Dr. Dre, I think this is going to end my point on Dr. Dre and the Chronic album, where it's focused more on his production. Mm. For him being an artist like that brought artists like Kanye to be focused more on their production. So you're saying that thanks to Dre... It allowed for more people 
to use his template as a platform so we get like the rapper producer type of guy that like you say like Kanye could 110% yeah 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 and getting back to where he started a lot of people's careers Mm. Snoop Dogg uh the dog pound right uh if it wasn't for this album I think it wouldn't be that the west coast would be pushed aside but they wouldn't be in the talks of one of the best areas to come out with music. This album really put uh, Compton, really put uh, the West Coast on the map for hip-hop, for people that love hip-hop, and for these artists to be pushed. So we're jumping into number three? We should. I mean, there's no other way to jump into it. Uh, 1993. 1993. A year later. Uh, By the way... By the time this album comes out, back to the first one of the first comments I made about the Chronic. By the time this album comes out, the Chronic is three times platinum. Yep. Once again, so go ahead. Um, so our next album, which is, to me, I'm gonna go out and say this, and it might come back to bite me in the ass, <laughs> but probably one of the funnest albums to listen to. For sure. Like. One of the funnest albums to listen to. And I'm not looking at lyrical. I'm not looking at, oh, wow, this guy could spit. I'm looking at the body of work itself. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The fun you have with albums. These songs still ring heavy anywhere you could go. Yeah. And these songs are just loving songs overall. Uh, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style, 1993. Uh, Lottie Dottie is probably the best song on this album to me, again, is my opinion. Right. Um, he channels Slick Rick. Yes. Uh, in this song and the way he, his wordplay and his storytelling, again, storytelling was just to me phenomenal. I can go back and listen to this song any day of the week and it stands out to me. On this album. Um, again, Dog Pound, heavily on this album. Uh, Corrupt, mm-hmm. uh, Daz Dillinger, again, being pushed. Uh, Nate Dog. Right. N- Nate Dog really stuck out on the songs he was on on this album. And he was also on The Chronic, but this yeah. is probably where you got a bit more. You got of- a bit more like. Okay, this is Nate Dogg. Uh, he has some great hooks. Uh, you know who he is. And after, I think, listening to him on this album, listening to him later on in his career, it's like, okay, wow. But like just looking at this, the track list, the intro, Bathtub. Uh, then there's a second intro, G-Funk intro, Gin and Juice. How many times have you heard Gin and Juice in your life? Plenty of times. Plenty of times. Plenty of times. And even more, I felt like there was a period where Snoop was kind of quiet. And when he came back, uh, Who Am I was even yeah. bigger maybe than Gin and Juice for a yeah. little while. Yeah. Uh, Murder Was the Case. That's my yeah. That's my favorite track on this. Serial Killer just sounds like, like I'm in a horror movie. <laughs> But just the like the sound of this album is 
is just a, again another stamp for what hip hop should sound like. It's a staple again for 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 great bodies of work for great hip hop albums. Ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. <laughs> Would you say that um, Snoop ever reached this height again? Uh, definitely not. He has other good albums. Right. But, because you look at Snoop as just more than music. Yeah, it's a, it's a, he's a character. He's a character, yeah. He's a character. He, in these times, people were looking at Snoop more of like, like a criminal, more like a gangster, whereas yeah. to his growth in his career, he's a character, he's... Well, he's like one of the most loved figures of hip-hop yeah ever ever yeah. and probably i mean not to not to compare but probably more than dr dre even yes well he's more present yeah we see him more we know more about him but i don't think dr dre really wanted to be like spoken about he wanted to just do his production and well, focus as we said, on his yeah, artist. as we said he put other people first yeah he really pushed other people into the spotlight so yeah that totally makes sense but there was a quality that you could say that Dre probably like. I mean, we, like you say, like the beginning of Snoop, he was portrayed differently than he is today. But there was definitely a quality that Dre caught on to uh-huh. about this guy. And I think it's his rapping style, his flow, his voice, his tone of voice. And it's funny because you, because you could probably hear it in a bunch of artists today. You could definitely hear the influence, but it's also one of those things that if you get too damn close, like, yeah, you're you're copying, yeah. Like if, if the influence is there, the and and I would say that even throughout music in general, like Dr. Dre's production has influenced all kinds of music mm-hmm. in hip hop specifically. If we want to talk the Snoop album, Snoop definitely had an influence. But it's one of those influences you got to take and got to be very careful you don't copy. Oh, yeah. Because you, you, it's signature. It's signature. Uh, but also it influenced a lot of artists. This album probably influenced enormous amount of artists. I'm kind of guilty in saying that I held this album off until I was probably in my late teens. I did I, I I put a lot of albums before this one. And I messaged you when we were doing our homework for this list and, and every time we're gonna record an episode, we're gonna go back and hear the ten albums fresh. Yeah. Because it's key in talking the, the the way we're doing. And I messaged you saying that in doing this, this album it was my favorite to yeah. listen to. And it's maybe fun. Be, right, for sure. And maybe because <laughs> I just think like it doesn't take itself seriously. A, a fun, good, listenable body of work. Yep. And it's not exhausting. At all. No filler. <laughs> None. And it's a it's a longer album than I could usually tolerate. No filler. Something very important about this album, well, Snoop Dogg as an artist, 
do not listen to Doggy Style and think you're going to f- get Doggy Style 2 when you listen to Snoop Dogg's second album. It's very important that people, yeah, because the, the sound switched. I think, I think that may have hurt him in terms of commercial success, uh, critical acclaim. I think that may have hurt him. And like we said, did, was there ever another Snoop Dogg album this good? No. no. I mean, this was the one. But how do you follow up to something so classic like this? Like, first of all, yeah. Dr. Dre did not produce... If, I don't even know if he produced any songs on his second album. Again, on Dr. Dr. Dre... Dr. Dre is a big stamp in his production. He did not. He did not, huh? He did not. So... Even when you compare, like just the success of the second album in terms of sales like huge dip huge dip but this album was it's hard to it's hard to do this a second time for sure i think most i i think most artists that put out a great so we said some 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 artists will put out a debut album and that'll be their best album and some people will just not follow up as quick as possible. No. As uh, not follow up with the next album yeah. being as strong. So Yeah, Snoop Dogg Doggy style. I think uh I think we should take a break. Let's take a break. Take a break. We'll be back. Okay, we're back. Uh before we get started, I wanna highlight that we're recording this on the same day that Three Feet High turns thirty. Very important. Very important. Uh, one of my favorite hip hop groups ever. Probably my favorite hip hop group ever. Oh, really? I think so. Hmm. And uh, I can't wait to talk about those albums. I can't wait to talk about those albums. Uh, De La Soul's going through a uh, disastrous dispute with Tommy Boy right now. As That's we're probably this. the most disgusting thing really I've is. ever it's seen terrible. in music. So I just want to say uh, thanks to Dilla for putting me onto a lot of what we're talking about. And something very interesting about De La Soul and that album um, is you put me onto De La Soul. I knew about them, but you kind of pushed me more towards that style of hip-hop Yeah. because of what I was so accustomed to and I was always listening to. Right. Uh, so thank you for that. My pleasure. But uh, we'll definitely be talking about De La Soul. We'll definitely be talking about De La Soul. Um, again, terrible dispute. So good luck to them. And uh, thanks, thanks for, for the all music. the music. Thanks yeah. for all the music, for real. Um, we're going to 94 now. One year after Doggy Style, we're also going to the East Coast. 1994, Queensbridge, uh, an artist that people were waiting for. I think we only heard him once before this album, right? Uh, once before uh, on the main source album and that was years that was like a good five years before this yeah so uh, we waited for well we waited we didn't wait but people waited waited Uh, he did do freestyles Uh, he was on different radio shows Stretch and Bobito it was like a very big like the coming of Christ kind of yeah when this album came out right Uh, and it's probably on everybody's list as number one, maybe number two. I think uh, I think this album has been. 
I think by now people figured out we're talking Illmatic. Yeah, Nas Illmatic 1994. Um, I think people have decided that this is the best hip-hop album. I think looking at it in a general point of view, I could agree that there are reasons why this is seen as the greatest hip-hop album ever made. It's not my favorite. Not my favorite either. It's probably not even in my... It's not in my top 10. Not in my top 10 either. So... Uh, you gotta respect this album. You gotta, you gotta really take it for what it is. Like it's a classic. It's a five star. It just doesn't mean all of that to me, personally. And the same thing to me. I would put a lot of albums before this, and I think the reason why it's number one on a lot of lists is is the fact that it's a short album. The length for this album, this is that is because we were already kind of making it clear that the long albums are not really our thing. We must say that this is an album that's very, when in the mood to hear it, it's very easy to listen to. Yes, very, very short, very easy to listen to. The production on this album, uh, to be honest, has probably my top, in my top five favorite producers of all time DJ Premier, uh, Pete Rock. Q-tip. Uh, Q-tip. Uh, Large Professor. Yep. From also working on the main source album. Yeah. So already there. I think, sorry to sorry to jump in here. I think we could say that any producer that touched this has made a heavy impact on hip hop as a whole. Not just because having worked here, but these are like cream of the crop. Producers. Big time. Oh, DJ Premier is easily top Two for me. Uh, Pete Rock, easily top five. Uh, so already there, when you see the, this this production team behind the album, you're already like, okay, hold on a second. It's quality. Uh, this is quality music. Then you got a guy that you heard on another album that had an amazing lyrical, I would say, not performance, but the way he came onto that song Deliver. and people were like, whoa. Yeah. And then you're expecting an album from this guy and then you're hearing him on radio shows. You're hearing a bunch of stuff. Uh, a lot of bootlegs for this album as well. Uh, yeah. A lot of bootlegs for this album. I watched a lot of documentaries on this album and, and waiting for this album to come out after all the hype behind it. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I won't even call it hype. Just... People waiting for this album to come out and seeing all that had this had to do with this album. I yes, we know why. We know why. Uh, the album is short again. I mentioned, which is great. It it, it reaches to 90, 39 minutes, almost forty minutes. It's about forty minutes long. Forty minutes. Um, there's an intro. There is an intro, uh, which starts off the album really well. Right. Jumps into song two, and I'm gonna be honest with you. Right, the feeling that NY State of Mind gives me mm-hmm. as an intro to an album could be one of the best intros to an album, as a song with when the beat drops. I could, uh, yeah. And especially the way DJ Premier like makes this sound. There's no featurings except one, ish. We're gonna talk about that, yeah. Uh, and it's basically just storytelling, and. Just knowing about who Nas is as an artist. It is. 
and not spending too much time on it. And like there was many great lyrical artists before this album came out, 110%. But I think Nas, the way he put his lyrics together, the way his poetry, which is a big part of this album, is his poetry on this album. It was very different than a lot of artists that were coming out. It's, so, yeah. so this is why this album is considered the best. And every time there's a 20th or 25th or 30th anniversary or whatever it is, there's always a reissue of this album. And I think I have it three times already. I own it the one. I didn't jump into all the reissue business. Uh, not something that we were going to touch on um, for certain, but back to the no featuring thing. Yes, very important. Um, I totally think that it's uh, one of the strengths of the album is that within a restrained amount of time you get 10 tracks of Nas uh, you get AZ on my personal favorite track um, but I don't think that makes the album and a lot of people will refer to no featurings as being a reason why an album is good and I don't think it justifies it because we could jump back to 92 when we spoke about the chronic is there a song without a feature on that thing? No. And everything works well because of the way Dr. Dre works. It works depending on how you work. Mm -hmm. And on future Nas albums, let's let's drop the axe right away. This is the only Nas album on our list. Definitely the only Nas album on our list. And it's not because the other albums are bad. There are other very good Nas albums. They just don't carry and age well and too many songs, let's be honest as well. Very long albums again. But it's not because there's no featurings. And we're often reminded that there aren't. I don't think it matters. Nah. I really don't think it matters. I sometimes like looking at the back of a CD and be like, wow, this has good features. Right. Let me jump into it. But it could also be overkill. Yeah. It depends. How you right. see it depends who the artist is as That's well. It. Uh, so um yeah, I mean, great album. Definitely one of the things. Let's talk about the reissues that you were mentioning. Uh, and again, like we just said, we don't feel like Nas ever made a better album. No, I think most people would would agree with that. <laughs> There's biased people, right? There are biased people. There are people that say It Was Written was great. My personal second favorite Nas was God's Son. My second favorite was It Was Written because of uh, Mob Deep influence on right, it. Right, the uh, big uh, queens. Yeah. There's also a lot of people, as of late, I noticed, say Stillmatic was second best. Short album, though, that one, I think. <laughs> short album, good, good, good short album, but not, for me, the second best Nas album. I think the problem is, and I just want to say this. Yeah. Everybody wants Nas to create Illmatic again. Well, wasn't that supposed to be Stillmatic? Yeah, but... No. What I, what I was going to say was... Uh, and, and why we got started talking about the other albums, what we think about the other albums, mentioning that we didn't put another album on it, another Nas album on the list, is that we are force-fed Illmatic. Mm -hmm. What about everything else? This is really the only place where he, again, our opinion, this is the only place that, for me, I felt Nas delivered greatness. Mm-hmm. 
we liked Life is Good. Life is Good was fun. Life is Good was great. And when it came out, like, I remember us saying, like, okay, well, you know, like, this is one of his stronger albums that came very late into his career. But again, it just didn't age. No. And, and nothing really, I find nothing really that Nas did besides Elmatic aged well, period. Stillmatic, great album. Those beats, the sounds used. They were very much of the time. They didn't. They did not age. No. Well, at all. No, I think this is the album that aged the most for him. It's his classic album. I just find that it sucks to say, but people want him to just recreate the same album over and over and over and over again. But it's not going to happen because of how much this is a classic. And this, you know what, Doggy Style and Illmatic. Like Snoop and Nas, their first album was their greatest album. People would disagree. People would say Illmatic, Stillmatic, uh, it was written top 100. Godson as well, I think. Godson, Lost Tapes. Lost Tapes was, yeah, Lost Tapes. But just let me say one thing. Go ahead. Um, Jay Z, Takeover, basically broke it down for you. Regarding Nas's career, I know it's a diss record, it is, but yeah. he kind of is very right about what he says. Yeah, we're not gonna get into those no, lyrics, but yeah, but he kind of really broke it down for you regarding Nas's catalog as of Illmatic, and I think that's all I have to say regarding that. But Illmatic is is a great album, not my top ten, not my top ten. What else is on the list? Um, I think I think the next uh, the next artist artists that yeah. we're getting into. Uh, I think for me and you both. Well, we came back from the break, and I said Dela was my favorite rap group. Um, I think I know why you said really. Yeah, because of this next artist. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, look, this is the first, truthfully, truthfully, this is the first, uh, hip hop I ever listened to. Not this album, but, but this group. Yeah. For you. Yes, for sure. So 94, we're, we're leaving New York already. We're leaving New York quick. Yeah. We're going to head South. Outcast. Southern Playlistic. Cadillac music. Uh, again. You know what? This album, like I talked about uh, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style, this album is very fun. It's very fun. It's uh, consistent. Very lyrical, too, coming from the South where no one was paying attention right. to. Well, there is, you do have your ghetto boys and all that stuff, but nobody was really paying attention to the South. And these guys with this album really brought it back. Um, I think it was a shock. Yeah. And I find when you listen to this album, uh, it came out in 94. The group was formed in 92. So there was two years to work on this. This doesn't sound like a debut album. No. These guys sound like they've been doing this for a minute. Yeah. And I mean, there's obviously a background that got them into music where they, where they, they started it off, but... When you listen to this album and consider that this is a debut album, 
it doesn't come across as one at all. And something else I'm going to throw out there is none of their other albums that they've come out with sounds like never, this never, at all. Never. Like zero. I think after this album, they found their sound. Yeah. But they didn't, they found it, they found their true sound, but they didn't necessarily shy away from what they represent. No. Where they came from. This is like, it, it fits very well within their discography. Yeah. Even though it's their first album. Like I said, it doesn't sound like a debut album. They sound like they came into this experienced. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it fits in really well with the rest. They really, really did a phenomenal job with the album. Yeah. The production uh, by Organized Noise yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Uh, how they put the sound together. Like, it doesn't sound like it's coming from the South, but it's coming from the South. Like, they gave the South a new sound. A lot of live instruments on this album. That's what I'm way. saying, is when you hear it, you kind of get this kind of jam vibe. Like, it's it's like something's being created at the same time. It's not a loop. It's yeah. not a... There's something real about it. And also that these two guys were very different this album is very different like if you put this up against a bunch of other albums it stands out a lot more i find because it's made differently it does and but i think you could say that about all of outcast like even i think we could safely say like they they put out Five, six albums? Six albums. Something like that. They're just all good. So to me, it's just like probably the best discography I've but, seen. But not one of them is easy. Like, like not one of them could be recreated. I remember when we were, when I was younger, um, being a kid that grew up more like with like punk music and, and, and rock albums for some reason, they were at the gate of hip hop for me. They helped you understand like what you were going to get into next. They were, and they also kind of did it in a way that like it, it, they bridged a gap between the rest of the stuff I listened to other music. I listened to, they knew what they were doing to be honest. They definitely you. knew what they were doing. They definitely knew that their music was not for anyone no. specifically. This, this was like, it was very general. Yeah. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. They were very much ahead of their time. They were always a step ahead. I mean, any one of their albums that came out, and there will be more that we talk about, any one of them, always, 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 one step ahead of everyone else. Yeah, for sure. And it's not because they were from Atlanta. It's not because they were, they were good. And like, if you look at Big Boy's solo debut, we're not talking uh, speaker box, but Silicious Left Foot. Again, it doesn't sound like everything else that no. came out in 2010. No, at all. Always a step ahead. Yeah. So, playing with sounds too, not being scared to really. Do be different? Never. Or do different? No. 
that's addressed very early too in the career where you get we're jumping to another album but you get andre kind of addressing the people wanting to know like what's up with this guy yeah like yeah just do your thing yeah no they did their thing and it stood out yeah so uh that's album number five I that's album count. number five that's album number five that's half the uh that's half the episode um what's number six six we're gonna go back to uh we're gonna go back to new york we just stepped out for a minute we're going back to new york for number six oh, i think i know which one this is yeah ready to die uh 1994 four and you know what these three albums we're all 94. So we're talking Illmatic, April 94, April 19th specifically. Southern Playlistic drops April 26th within a week. And you get ready to die in September. Yep. 94 is looking good. That's the most albums we have on, like on the list. Three are from 94. This, so, is, this got some of the best reviews ever. Ready to Die was... I mean, probably huge at the time. Oh, yes. People were waiting for this as well. And I think the best thing about this album that stands out for me, and this always does a lot for me on an album and also as an MC, is when you can change your flow. The, the thing that I enjoy most about this album is when he creates characters that'll exchange dialogue. <laughs> always the highlight of yeah. this album for me and every time i go back those are the parts that stay key yeah and it's, it's storytelling and like you mentioned how we can change change that all up yeah was really key and i don't think a lot of artists were doing that and i think that's what people were really being stuck to with this guy yeah is his storytelling and how he can change his flow man he changed his flow uh, numerous times on this album. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, just Machine Gun Funk. It sounds to me like it's a different artist on that song. The deep, the same deep voice, it just sounds like it's somebody else rapping. If you want to get the, like, like I mean, everyone kind of knows the, the story, but he was very heavily influenced by West Coast rappers. Yes. Too short. Yes. Uh it's it's interesting there's that article that always comes up about biggie rating other rappers yeah and when you look at too short being his one of his favorites he doesn't really channel that side of west coast i always find similarities to scarface oh and i know why you're saying that that's the tone of voice it's a tone of voice it's the way the it's the way the line is delivered it's yeah, I, I, that's the, that's as close as I get to somebody saying, sounding like Biggie. Uh, Biggie was saying that one of his favorite rappers was Method Man. Yeah. And nobody could rap like Method Man. And this song that they put together. You like Method Man? Uh, I'm a huge Method Man fan. Uh, I'm very biased for Method Man. But anyways, the what featuring Method Man is easily top 20, top 15 hip-hop songs of all time for me because of how the song was put together how they both go back at it at the end towards the end of the song rapping uh, over each other and all that stuff but just the song the way it was made 
is just to me it's just really well put together it is uh it's also like the only did you say that it was the only feature no i didn't mention right, it because i don't think we, we like we said it doesn't really matter uh but when we were discussing nas we said it didn't matter the features but the feature was chosen wisely <laughs> it works really well yeah you didn't need more featurings on this no i don't think the featurings would fit really because it would take away from who exactly. he was trying to be exactly and his lyrical ability as well so he yeah. did it smart by not putting other features right but um speaking of only having one feature on an album one featured rapper biggie plays an important role on somebody else's album as not the only feature but as uh a highlighted guest mm-hmm. so we're at Album number seven, Reasonable Doubt, Jay-Z 96. You know why I like this album? But I'm just going to shoot this out right away. It's because the fact that this album did not get the attention it needed. I want to get to it, but I want to highlight one thing, is that no label wanted this. No. Jay-Z was forced to create a label for it. Yep. Released it. And it was, you know, his own legacy. But there's just something about this where he was set up to fail. Because mm-hmm. he was going up against artists. He was going up against, no, no matter what, regarding the fact that uh, Biggie was pushing him as well as an artist. And right. was backing him and was putting him on features. And he was on the feature on this album. Uh, even because Big L was, was pushing him as well on radio stations, had him on the Big L album, uh, on the Posse Cut, but, like, he, he was being pushed by artists, but he had a bunch of artists to go up against. He had Nas to go up against. He had, I would say, Tupac to go up against, Snoop to go up against. He had Notorious B.I.G. to go up against as well. He had all these artists before him with really strong solo debuts that he has to go up against them. But right. he delivered. He did. In my opinion, he big did. Time. He did. Uh, you get some production by Premier on this. Clark Kent. I mean, people that really put their signature on this album. Yeah. Uh, credible sources, too, that. Like, I'd pretty much say if these guys are working for you, like, somebody believes in you. Yeah. Like you said, he had a lot to go up against, but people were behind him. People were. People believed in him. Yeah. And rightfully so. I mean, look. I don't have much else to say about this. No. Um, we could go through... We could jump right to the next <laughs> album, Mike. But I mean, like, just... My favorite track on this, and I know it's going to... Uh, the ether beef again, Dead Presidents for me. Mine is probably the song right after that, Feeling It. And it's both produced by the same person, number one. Right. But... I'm going to go out and say this. The album flows really well. Again, not a bad track on it. No. Nothing I would take off. No. Um, he started off like yeah. really well with Mary J. Blige. Uh, he does have featurings on it. Do we really care? No. Well, I mean, this is good. You, you, get, the bi- you get Mary J. Blige, Biggie. You get Bleak's on it. Bleak's on it. Foxy Brown's on it. Like, to me... 
I'm not gonna really focus on that on this no album. because they're not what made the album no they were great additions to the album but he really carried himself on this album oh Kashmir Tots the one of the last songs on the album amazing track well the whole end is strong like the friend or foe yeah I really don't see there any filler on this album it it, 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 it. I yeah. think it carries well. I think people need to pay more attention to this in the Jay-Z catalog, though, because I find that everybody goes to Blueprint before they go to this. I wouldn't necessarily agree with you on that. Okay. I do think people don't pay enough attention to it, but I do. I, I would not... I would not omit Blueprint as, like, his... his five-star... Uh, album? This is a five-star album, too, but... You get what I'm saying. Yeah, I get what you're you saying. What saying. And, but people need to pay more attention to this album. Uh, just uh, something to highlight that uh, best rap album, the 99 Grammys, was uh, awarded to Jay-Z for volume two, Hard Knock Life. And he boycotted that year, if I'm not mistaken. Or he boycotted after that? No, he boycotted that year. Right. Uh, who was up against him? That year? The next album on this list was, um, is, is, uh, I'm going to go out and say this. I would choose this album over a lot of albums. I'm going to say great, great, great album. Not, you brought this on the list. I brought this on the list. I, I pushed for this on the list. I understand why it belongs, but I, but it wasn't on my list. But big pun, capital punishment, uh, Needed to make this list was on my list. Uh, I think every time I listen to this album, I discover something new about it. I discover something new about him as a person, uh, his ability to rap, his ability to put words together. I don't understand how this guy at 400, 500 pounds raps this fast. Like, let's be honest. There's talent. He has talent. And again, like Snoop Dogg, like Nas, everything else after this doesn't compare to this album. Just, I said this earlier in the, in, the, in the episode where to me features, I like to look at featurings. The featurings on this album. It'll attract you. It'll attract you big time. Black Thought. Yes. Uh, Wyclef Jean was very popular in this time uh, Fat Joe um, Dead Prez Noriega Prodigy Inspector Deck on the same song uh, Busta Rhymes to end off the album you look at this and you're just like Jesus Christ do I need to listen to this <laughs> and as a listener and it's a, it's a long album. There's 24 songs on this album. We always talk about length. And when I'm listening to this album, I don't, like the time just, it just goes. It doesn't even exist. It just, I just breeze through the album and I just find every song after one another just flows so well. Uh, he has songs on here, again, for the hardcore rap fans, the club joints, the women don't forget joints. The, don't forget the Latin influence. And the Latin influence. And Big. the, on this album very big on this album 
Uh, and very and also again very much makes it its own thing. Yes, and that's what makes it stand out. But again, this guy who's four hundred five hundred pounds. Sorry, I don't want to keep bringing that up because of his weight, but the way he raps and the way he puts his words together to me was just like, okay, hold on a second. There's a lot more to this man. Yeah. There's a lot more to this man. Uh, his production on the album, you got Dr. Dre, you got Rock Wilder, you got Showbiz. Uh, you got so many good pro- producers. You got RZA mm. on one of the songs. Really make you want to dig deep into this album. There's variety. There's a lot of variety on this album. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time, but on his lyrical ability, but his lyrical ability is beyond this world. Yeah. I don't think nobody could still rap like this guy raps. After this. Very, yeah, very few. Very few. Uh, And this is, this is an hour and 11 minutes and 53 seconds of an album. It's definitely a demanding listen. Uh, I do think if people haven't heard it, you gotta, you gotta hear it. And he was backed by Fat Joe. Right. And let me be honest, I'm going to say this. He outshines Fat Joe any way possible. I think Fat Joe would say that too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, there was, there's no, I don't think there's a, there's no secret there. No. So this needed to make the list. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic debut, phenomenal debut album by, by an artist. And it needs to be listened to it needs to be paid more attention to mm-hmm. and just because everything else that came out after that well he only really has one more album because he unfortunately passed away this is something that thank god hip-hop has an album like this and less than a month later we get album number nine um, 1998 was a huge for debuts that well, they might come up in later episodes, as we said, but for debut albums, a little less. A little less, but 1998 was a big year in hip-hop. And you get Big Pun, Capital Punishment, and then you get... Well, wait a sec, you get two by him in 98. You get two by this artist in like 98. We're talking one. Which was the first artist to ever do this in hip-hop, DMX. It's dark and hell is hot. DMX went down. In his career, I would say, five years after 1998. The first first three albums are pretty much all you need from DMX. Yes, but this is a very strong album. Oh, yeah. What I find great about this album is... A very key point in what he's about to say right now. It doesn't sound like he's a rapper. No. He doesn't sound like somebody who knows. Like, look, it doesn't sound like somebody who has a background in hip hop. I kind of put this album up against Eminem. I see that. Because of DMX coming out there and being very, let's be honest with each other, he's very aggressive. vulgar, it's aggressive, aggressive yeah. uh, downgrading. It's downgrading, yeah. Downgrading. Uh, intense. There's skits on this album that you'll listen to and be like, if somebody's hearing me listen to these skits, they're going to question me. If DMX dropped this album 
in 2019, it would be... Oh, yeah, but that's... It would be a big problem. But that's most of the albums on the list. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, for sure. If if these skits were played in 2019 yeah. for the first time, he would be... He would be hated. Just because you brought that up, I'm looking back at the list. I see three albums on the list that nobody would have said anything about today. Three? Three. Yeah, I could tell you which ones. I want to see if we agree. Illmatic? I agree. Uh, Reasonable Doubt? I agree. Uh, there's probably one that we haven't mentioned yet. All right. Yeah. So, the, yeah. The next one could have certainly been released this this. In this day and age, but I was gonna say Southern Playlistic. Yeah, that too. Yeah, there's nothing. No, there's nothing questionable. Uh, there's there's nothing uh, that somebody would find a reason to be offended about. Well, it would be more offended. But when this album did come out, people were offended. So when Doggy Style came out, the people booklet, were offended. Yeah, people yeah. were offended. Uh, so people will always get offended. But so we're we're confirming that people have always been offended. Always been offended. So this I think, isn't a new thing. No, this is a new thing. But I think <laughs> now it would be way more. Of course, it would be way more. Like way, 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 way more. I think right now a record label wouldn't even touch something like this. No, at all. But it also, it's interesting we're saying that and we're, we might be going a little bit off topic. But there are some record labels that get that. Like how some of the artists... We're going to go and we're not going to name anything because we're not going to name an artist here, but because we have nothing good to say. But how some of these artists get popular. Number one, the music is often trash. Yeah. How it gets put out to the in in a world where where people are so offended nowadays. And so how does this even get by? (laughs) I have no idea. How does some of this stuff even get by? Not a clue. But anyways, let's get back to what we're, we're talking about, DMX. The main thing about this album is uh, the way he can carry a song. Yeah. And also the way he raps way differently on these songs. I find, I feel like when I'm listening to this, there's a lot of ODB in this. Yeah. Not in the way that he rhymes, not in the way that he delivers, not in the character, but it's just present. Yeah. There's something on it that sounds like there's a there's an ODB influence. And again, o- ODB, DMX, nobody sounds like those guys. It comes down to like what we were saying about Snoop. Yeah. You come close, you're copying. Yeah. You gotta you gotta use the influence of these art of this type of artist wisely. And I think DMX, this album is like a punch in the face because yeah. of his character. Because of how he raps, because of how aggressive he is, and how these tracks are really, really intense at times, it's like a punch in the face. But it stands out, and it's very, very enjoyable and likable. And he's a very likable character. Is this the best Rough Riders album? It depends what I'm listening to, to be really honest with you. Just putting this out there. And I questioned you when you made your list, but this is also the only Rough Riders album on the list. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to me it is. I'm this surprised and, you did that. And I'm this and Flesh of Flesh are my two favorite Rough Rider albums. Because they're, they're different and because you just want more of that artist. 
again, if you put DMX versus all the other Rough Rider artist label mates, yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, they're great. But DMX stands out more and his albums stand out more as classics. Over the locks? Yes. Okay. Over the locks. But the locks are fantastic. They just... Yeah. I would prefer DMX. Next. Next. This album could have came out this year. Nobody... I, I don't think anyone would have been offended. No. No. And it's impossible to be offended. It's kind of almost impossible to be offended. But there's a lot of things to this album that when you recently listen to it, it, it jumps out at you. What I find specifically about this album when I listen to it now is that... We're still talking about these issues today. Yep. And we're 20 years later. This is 20 years later, Black on Both Sides. Most of This year. Yeah. And we're still tackling. And the last listen I had before taking notes, it didn't feel like this almost 20 years old. No. When I jumped back into it, I was like, this could come out today and yeah. be relevant. Um... I would say that this, to me, is probably a five on five, a ten on ten. Uh, I know you have a you you really really like most stuff. Yeah, this put this kind of. I heard this album before I even heard Black Star, so it helped me get into that as well. It helped me get into Talib. It helped me, you know. But I like that the album doesn't, it does what a lot of rap albums do today in that it's not just 17 tracks of rapping. No. There's singing, there's, there's, there's a bit more work put into it on the artist. It's different. There's a lot more emphasis on, on being an artist than being a rapper on this album. And I think uh, most Def's albums... Though not all of them, uh, this is something that like a lot of people, critically, most Def's great album is Black on Both Sides. We saw him get a lot of praise with the ecstatic when he yeah. came back. And in between that, you get True Magic and... Um, uh, I don't remember what the other one is. Uh, New Danger. You, yeah. Which are... They're not classics. No. But they're very underrated records. And they could have came out now. Because they're so All different. All could have came out now. And All could have came out now. And they just, they do something that a lot of rappers, I don't think, do. There's more emphasis on the artist. There's a punk song on this album, huh? It's the end of rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very cool, Oh yeah. very cool song. Yeah, as I said, like, I think that's where, on the first listen, I was sold. Uh, this just popped into my head. Most Def is very underrated, I find. Most Def is also not for everyone. No, most people that I most people that know music, and 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 like a good record and like are into Most Def. Yeah, it's not for the casual listener. No, there's nothing that there's nothing about it that when you listen to black on both sides you listen to black on both sides yeah you don't listen to a, a specific song right. you can't it there's, just... there's not much that stands on its own no it's its own record it's yeah. its own it's a body of work as I said emphasis on the artist A to Z is all 
it's all great. There's no filler on it. Uh-huh. The features. See, this is an album where the features to me stood out, stand out. Talib. Back then, they put me onto people. But seeing this today, if you tell me Busta Rhymes, Talib, and Q-Tip You're are they your featured it. guests, I'm in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about this album. No. Um, it's very different as well. Because you, like, you go into it expecting a full-on body of hip-hop, right? Because it starts off with... Yes. Solid hip hop, yeah, rhyming. Uh, but I, I think at about track eight, Umi says you start kind of, yeah, yeah, you, you start getting a taste of okay, well, he could do other things, he could do other things, and it's 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 well done because you've heard most deaf on featurings and you've heard most deaf on Black Star, which is what we you were know? lucky to get to see that live. We saw that live together, that was. Did we see a lot of artists on this list? Um, uh, we saw. I'll be uh, the ones that I've seen. I've seen at least once with you, but there aren't. But there aren't. Uh, yeah, the the ones that I've seen, I've seen at least once with you. I saw Snoop on my own. I, I saw s- Snoop on my own too. I saw Illmatic. Uh, no, sorry, I saw Nas uh, for the Untitled tour, and we saw him. Oh, At the festival, Most Def made an appearance. Yeah, we saw we saw Most Def Black Star together. We saw Black Star together. We saw Outcast together. We saw Outcast together. And I'm just gonna go out like saying, Outcast and Black Star are the two hip hop shows I look back on the most. They killed other hip hop shows for me. I would say Outcast top three hip hop shows all time. Uh, I've seen a lot of hip-hop shows, a lot of hip-hop shows yeah. that I regret, a lot of them, sorry. But <laughs> I've seen a lot of hip-hop shows. Uh, Black Star is definitely top 10. Black Star was really, really great. But anyways, Black on Both Sides, great album. Great album. Um, definitely needs it. to be in a conversation. It definitely needs to be in a conversation. I think nowadays people uh, should definitely go back to it. Because it aged fantastically. Um, it's still relevant. It's still relevant, which is good for the album, but pretty bad for humanity. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, if you like Mos Def, um, he is also an actor <laughs> and has played in the movie Be Kind Rewind. Also, uh, that we call the Mos Def, is that lore... Or, uh, Our credibility as uh, knowledgeable. Well, when he did come out of this album, his name was, was Mos Def and not Yassin Bey. Yeah, so we apologize if you've never heard of Mos Def. Yeah, uh, and um, I am still waiting for the Yassin Bey Manny Fresh album. That if this podcast ever gets out there. If it comes out in 2019, we'll have to change the list. But if anybody ever listens to this and... Somehow, or, yeah. somehow, somebody hears this. Please release that album. Thank you. It's never coming out. Uh, we got off topic. Do you have a favorite on this list? Do I have a favorite on this list? Since we are done now, we've done the ten albums. Those are the ten. Those are the first ten. Let's highlight America's Most Wanted, The Chronic, Doggy Style, Illmatic, Silent Playlist, Cadillac Music, Ready to Die, Reasonable Doubt, Capital Punishment. 
uh, It's Dark and Hell is Hot, and Black on Both Sides. Those so, are the first 10 of the list. First 10 of the list, again. There are great debut albums we didn't mention. Big time, but right. they're part of other categories right. and other episodes. Yeah. So these are just what we picked to start it off with uh, for debuts. A lot of other debuts will be in other categories, so please don't. Don't jump the gun. Don't jump the gun. Favorite album on this list? Favorite album on this list is... Is... Mine's The Chronic. Yours is The Chronic, I'll go first, Dr. Mine's Dre. The Chronic, as I said. Just everything about it. It's not overdone in features. There's just enough, and they're well-worked. Production is on point. Not a filler. Um, you give spotlight to other artists. Yeah. Which and and that's something that I'm sure a lot of people have tried to do and didn't work out. You gotta understand that the talent that Dre was working with is like elite talent. Yeah, top tier. So he he was he was. It's a given that when you see those names on an album, yeah, of course it's gonna be great. But I think that that the Chronic is a, is a staple for for me and in, in terms of uh, great albums, great albums in general, not just hip hop albums, but great albums in general. Oh, yes. Well done. Uh, for me, I'm going to jump ahead and say Snoop Dogg Doggy Style. Again, I mentioned fun. And when you listen to music, you want to have fun. Am I right? You want to have fun. You want to, I mean, there, there's music that you listen to for, for reasons of, for, because it's good art. And there's music that you listen to for being fun. But Doggy Style has is, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. It has everything. It's, it's fun. I could hear it today like I could hear it in the next 10 years, and it's still going to have that effect on me. Yep. Uh, Production-wise, again, Dr. Dre, uh, the featurings, Nate Dogg, uh, Corrupt, uh, Das Dillinger. Uh, the way he changes his flows is very key to me. I said that about Big Pun. I said that about Biggie. Snoop Dogg changes his flow. He raps, he channels Slick Rick, and that to me really stood out. Because it was very different. Uh, And the fun that 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 album has whenever you play it, uh, you can play it at night, you can play it in the morning, whatever it is, it just stands out. And it's very, very, very enjoyable. So that's it for episode one. Uh, Those are the first 10. Come back next week. We're going to be talking about group albums. You might get group debut albums. You might get... um, Sophomore albums. You might get sophomore albums. But you might also not get all the groups that you're expecting us to talk about right away. We, we, we got this planned, I think. But I think that we got this in order. Uh, I'm very excited for the next episode. I'm very excited for to talk about groups because as a hip-hop listener and somebody who's really into hip-hop, I love groups because yeah. I like hearing two different Yeah, voices. as we said, with the Biggie stuff, with the features. Three like, different voices. Yeah. Groups, it, groups could have nine members in it. We never know. We never know. So uh, check that out in a week from now. Uh, follow us on Instagram at All Time Pod, Twitter at All Time Pod. Just check us out. Check and us if out. If you enjoy it, uh, let us know. Leave comments. Uh, you could shit on us. Um, oh yeah, if you don't like us, definitely come back. Yeah, you could uh, tell us off, telling us we don't know what we're talking about. You could That's also funny. tell us what what you think of each of these albums it's yeah but also like if you're gonna if you're gonna jump in like remember what i said like there's not like we spoke about 10 debut albums 
like there will be more like don't get upset about like you know we didn't talk about so-and-so's debut album like you don't know it, it could come up if, if you're that curious stick around stick around uh this is very fun we're enjoying this uh so please come back let us know what you think and uh we'll be back soon